It will be the summer of joy in Chicago. Thanks to Governor Pritzker, the lawlessness of Chicago will soon be the law statewide. That bill goes into effect. Our hands will be tied. All their bonds will be extinguished on January 1st. We are going to have violent criminals out on the streets. That's why 100 of Illinois' 102 states' attorneys oppose Pritzker's mandatory release of violent criminals. Stop Chicago violence from coming to your town. Vote no on Pritzker. Look, the Chicago way is a deep cultural phenomenon. It's the Chicago way. The Chicago way. That's the focus. In a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand, defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso in a tower by the river. Castle. Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. Well, here we are. The, I guess the end of the summer of joy, but not before more people are killed. More people are slaughtered in Chicago. As Mayor Lightfoot screams about uh, how she's being perceived and a fastball. I didn't know she was a pitcher. She threw, throws a fastball down the middle of the plate, but it's a, going about 60 miles an hour. Perfect height for Dan Prof to crush into the bleachers. He turns on it and hits it, and that's what you heard last week. As she screamed racism on the ad, and he just turned and nailed it. Joining us today is Dan Proft, conservative talk show host at WIND by AM560, and also the uh, controller, showrunner, whatever you call it, of uh, a political pack called People Who Play by the Rules, and the Chicago Tribune and uh, others uh, got upset with Dan about an ad. I don't really see it's it's all that bad. I think it's a good ad and uh, an important ad, but we'll talk about it. Joining here me here again this week is is uh, as always is Jeff Carlin the WGN AM radio master of pies lover of cats and me I'm John Cass husband father Greek Orthodox Christian editor in chief of JohnCassNews.com so Dan what's up with that ad did you when you saw it did you feel like it was a fastball like mid thigh so you could turn it and crush it? Well, I mean, when, when, in terms of the production of the ad, what were we thinking? No, in terms of her screaming oh, about her response. My you, know, God. Her, you know, her response is typical, what you get from race hustlers. Uh, we're very familiar with the this routine. We've seen this for generations. We've seen this as long as I've been on the planet. It comes in the form of a Jesse Jackson or an Al Sharpton or J.B. Pritzker, or Lori Lightfoot. And so it was I surprised by it? No. Did I think it would come from that angle? No, because I never even conceived, I never even thought about her race or the tone of her skin color in the ad. It's just so absurd, but this is what you have to do, I suppose, from their perspective, when you have turned the city over to predators, when the city has become lawless, when you've lost control of the city, perhaps purposefully, and we can talk about that. 
that comment. Uh, <laughs> and, and people are afraid suburbanites won't come to the city. Uh, the reputation of the city internationally is a place that is unsafe. And this is the first order of duty of any public official at any level provide for the physical security of your constituents and both Pritzker and Lightfoot have failed. And the commercial was about the model that Chicago has adopted, which is essentially the safety act model, the legislation that was passed by Democrats and signed by Pritzker and Springfield that is going to become the law of the land effective January one. And it is not me who is, you know, singularly, ringing the alarm, it's suburban prosecutors who are featured in the ad, like Jim Glasgow, who's a Democrat, Will County, uh, Will County State's attorney, and Bob Berlin, who's a Republican, DuPage County State's attorney, saying, I mean, Jim Glasgow literally said, it will be the end of days. I mean, meaning it will be like what you what you see in Chicago, uh, because I'm going to have to empty out my jail under the sack. And the substance of the ads fo- uh, focuses on what people already know and have experienced to provide the context. And that's the violence in Chicago. All those clips are footage that you've seen on nightly newscasts for years now under this mayor and this governor. And what the, what, what is going to happen when Chicago crime comes to the suburbs because of this legislation and the need to make a change. If you don't like the legislation, if you want to see it repeal, the first thing you need to do is repeal the governor who signed it. There's a joke running joke in the, on the borderlands in the counties say, uh, uh, you know, you hear this from cops all the time. If a perpetrator is arrested, shoplifting or robbing or carjacking or whatever, like around York road, <laughs> County line road, they ask themselves, they ask, they ask the police officer, am I in DuPage County or am I still in Cook County? <laughs> right. Right. Why is that? Why do they ask right. that you who have, have a law degree? Why do they ask that? Yeah, because the because criminals, particularly repeat offenders, you know, know how the law is enforced or not in various jurisdictions. And they know that Bob Berlin takes a very different approach to uh, violent crime and not and even nonviolent crime, property crime and so forth. than obviously Kim Fox does. And this is this has been long running. I mean, I don't know why anybody would commit a crime in DuPage right now when you have such opportunity to do so and essentially get away with it in Cook County. And that's, so that's exactly what we're saying. This, this model that everyone has watched for the last three years with Fox and Lightfoot and now Pritzker coming over the top with this statewide legislation, you know, what you see in Chicago is going to happen in the suburbs. There's something unique to criminals who reside within the corporate boundaries of Chicago, the criminals or those with criminal intent, those who want to do harm to others, those who want to, grift or be parasites uh they're in the suburbs too and they will respond to the incentives that the law provides and that the law enforcers provide and unfortunately this legislation at the statewide level is tying the hands of county prosecutors who do not want to emulate kim fox this is why as glasgow has made the point over and over again a hundred of the state's 102 county state's attorneys oppose the legislation county sheriffs oppose the legislation they know what is going to happen and Lori Lightfoot wants people to focus on, you know, her treatment in a political ad rather than her treatment of the law abiding. And the same goes for Pritzker. That's what's happening here. And by the way, I mean, we could get to this. I don't want to, to filibuster here, but but I oh, definitely please. Want to talk about, you're on the show. 
I want to talk about the media's coverage of this. Because yes. Yeah. Because not just are they flacking. I mean, they're doing their normal job of flacking for the power structure in the city and the state when the power structure is left, which it's almost been without interruption for 50 years or in the case of Chicago, 100 years. But then when you have someone in their camp say what they're saying is improper, in fact, it's disgraceful, Lori Lightfoot should be ashamed. We had State Representative LaShawn Ford, who's a black West Side Democrat, ran for mayor for, uh, you know, three years ago against Lightfoot and, that, and everybody else in that field. And he came on the show and said, well, I, I don't get this. What came on my show and, and said, I, I don't understand this. So if you're if you're darker, you're scarier. Is that <laughs> what I'm supposed to take away from this? Because my skin color is a, my skin is a little darker than Lori Lightfoot. So am I more scary than Lori Lightfoot? Uh, so she is actually propagating. Right. I'm not doing it at all because who cares? I don't care what anybody's skin color is or the, the darkness or lightness of it. It's the most ridiculous thing. And nobody is trying. Uh, Lori Lightfoot is scary. She's not scary. She's a joke. <laughs> Everybody knows who she is. Everybody knows what her race is. Nobody cares. What they care about is that she has given over the city to the criminal element. She has defenestrated the police. That's what they care about. And by the way, John, just as you did in the last administration, and I did, I, we were saying the same things about Tiny Dancer, about Rahm Emanuel. doesn't matter what his skin color is. Right. is. It's what you're doing policy-wise to either back the police or not back the police, to either demand that law is enforced and people are protected or not. That's the entirety of the issue. But since they can't defend the record, they have to create boogeyman that they can run against, like Lori and Pritzker tried to do this week with me. Even even though he is a scoundrel and a nine-and-a-half-fingered nine scoundrel at that, <laughs> Mike, uh, uh, Mike Emanuel, uh, Rahm Emanuel, never uh, brought up, played the um, ethnic card on me, you know, and oh, I was a critic yeah. of his. Yeah. He never but, but, did that. And, but, you know, uh, but, you know on La- but on LaShawn Ford, on LaShawn Ford, if this was a Republican breaking bad on a Republican over a race issue, it would be a feeding frenzy because it's a Democrat breaking bad on the Democrat power structure on a race right. issue. They say nothing because the, the Chicago press corps is as committed to the r- racial politics as is committed to the racial divisions that are created by the racialization of politics in the city, as are the race hustlers like Lightfoot and Pritzker. Yeah, and it's not new. I mean, we remember, we saw this in 08. You know, McCain was was blasted for darkening, quote unquote, darkening Obama's face in all his ads and all the ads. Well, if you look he at those dropped ads, the ad. He dropped the ad that was that was the only good ad he came up. Oh, with. right, yeah. And but but the the takeaway from that too is that if you look at those ads too, you know, Obama's teeth were also a lot whiter in those ads because they were color corrected. And so it's like, oh well, he's got nice teeth. Is that scary? Is that what they're doing? You know, you're they're picking and choosing what they see. And as John, you and I talked about, you know, last week with uh, Charles Lipson, it's it's not a dog whistle with when when Lightfoot does it. She blasts a you know a dog bullhorn because she's got every channel feeding in the, in the city, every news channel, you know, feeding this to to every top of the hour, every hour when it breaks. And it's and it, and the, her idea is that it's oh, it's going to be scary that Dan, you're trying to scare the the suburbs. How dare you? The suburbs are scared already. My father, you know, he's 73, 74, 73, something like that. He 
grew up in the city, moved out of the city with his family because he wanted, you know, a better education for his kids. He wanted a better life for his kids. And now he wouldn't be caught dead coming back in the city because he's a, he, he's literally afraid that violence is everywhere in the city. And it is. And he's not. Tell him he's, to come out not, by me. Right. Tell well, him to yeah, come right. out here. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. But and instead he's, of, of $20,000 a year, I, you pay $2,200 a year in property taxes. And I don't have to, Dan and Jeff, I don't have to carry a stick to go to the Walgreens. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, first but, of all, first of all, Jeff, you should know how old your dad is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, 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 uh, but yeah, so here, you know, the, the other thing that was lost in this is, um, as you were just talking about scaring suburbanites with false narratives. Okay. So, so where's the, where's the follow-up question? Uh, what are the false narratives in the end? Right. What, what is inaccurate about what was said? The, the, the level of violence in the city, the, the particulars of the safety act. Oh, wait. Yes, there is, there is evidence here and I'll give it to you. Lori Lightfoot is, uh, in the clips that Jeff has or will play, uh, accuses you of running uh, uh, images of black male Chicagoans or people who may be from Chicago. She doesn't even know where they're from and where this footage is coming from. And she's looking at this and she's appalled. Where does this footage come from? I mean, this is what I said. It's it's from newscasts. It's from <laughs> WGN News. It's from CBB <laughs> Chicago. It's it's and she doesn't exactly. know. She doesn't. Some the guy who got sucker punched when there was that essentially wilding, or right. what you want to call it on State Street. You never saw that before, Mayor. The the, the kid, the culinary student, the young, nice black young man walking oh, home was shot, park, yeah. who got shot over uh, for a cell phone. She doesn't. She's never seen that security footage before. What, what's she paying attention to? I mean, I know she's from Ohio, so she's not familiar with the city, but she should really get familiar now that she's the mayor. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. What is the false narrative? The no, the lack of follow-up. She just gets to say these, make these generic assertions without any follow-up, without, without any requirement from the press corps that she be specific and provide evidence to support her claim. She has no evidence because there is no support for her claims, and everyone knows it. Everyone other than her toadies, you know, her comm shop that is the Chicago press corps. It's it's disgraceful. By the way, one other thing too. Yeah. You know, oh, by the way, just for the record, you know, Darren Bailey's running mate is a black woman. Right. Stephanie. About it? You know, I mean, it's just this is there's so this race thing is so disgusting and it is all perpetrated by the left. Lori Lightfoot won't talk to uh, reporters who are non-minority for an extended period of time. Uh, Lori Lightfoot to responding to Paul Vallis's uh, announcement that he's running for mayor. You know, another white guy who wants my job or wants to tell me what to do. Everything is forced through a racial prism because these people are hucksters. And that also, would, also, that would be okay also, if they weren't destroying the city in the process. And the pardon state. me, pardon me. An important point here: uh, Vallis and other people running for mayor have talked about the need for proactive policing. In other words, to allow the police to use their own experience and instincts and, you know, their spidey sense, whatever, to stop crimes before they occur. And you know how Lori, Lori responds? And the Tribune helps her by framing the argument in the most negative way to, to her advantage. If you talk about uh, proactive policing, then you're, you're supportive of John Burge and torture. Right. Yeah, right. Right. Now, how does that? How do how do you have a dis, uh, honorable, honor, honest, 
discussion about a complicated and difficult problem when you play that kind of race card horseshit. You can't. You can't. The, the, the other thing, too, we're, I mean, there's just basic stuff. Even if you had proactive policing and a, and a mayor backing that, you still don't have enough police. Yeah. yeah. We were down 2,000 police. You just can't get the job done with we don't have enough police and we don't have a prosecutor that is interest, that's interested in prosecuting repeat violent offenders. And, and as long as you uh, don't have those two things, then you're going to have a city that is beset by violence and you're going to have a lot of people. And oh, by the way, Lori Lightfoot worrying about who's being portrayed uh, perpetrator in those videos. What about the victims? Right. They're black and brown. Of course. All of them. And here, here's what she plus. said. To make the scary black woman even blacker, to show scary black men on TV and to say to the suburbs, i.e. the white people, you don't want this coming to your town, so vote for Darren Bailey. That is the height of racism and cynicism. <laughs> cynicism, maybe, but it's not unwarranted. I mean, geez. This is just projecting. I mean, um, I'm it's by, all but, about that. That's all they do. What one other point? Um, I don't. She doesn't know the city apparently because she's not familiar with these crimes that you know the high profile crimes that everybody's seen because of the the security camera and so forth, security camera footage and so forth. She also is not familiar with the suburbs because the collar counties have significant minority populations, 20, 25, 30% in DuPage and Lake and the collar count and, and other collar counties, not to mention suburban cook County. So, uh, have you been to the South suburban cook County? Have you been to West central cook County? She doesn't know what she's talking about. That's just a lie. That's what I'm saying. She gets away with this uh, racial demagoguery that is <laughs> despicable. She's a, she's just a, the, the, her She's and, locked in the 1950s thinking that black people don't live in the suburbs. Okay. Well, I, 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 I don't think she actually thinks that. Right. I just think that I, sorry, speaking of cynicism, I think right. she just wants to make it a binary white people in the suburbs versus black versus sure. black people in the city. She and Pritzker are just two of the worst human beings on the planet. That, that's what, that's what this is. And this week has been an illustration of it. They're the most cynical, craven, disingenuous demagogues uh, that this city and state have ever seen. I'm enjoying all this and we <laughs> will get back to it in a minute. But first we have, and particularly with uh, the attitude of the media in Chicago and how they tell this complicated story of race and politics and violence. But first, before, as Dan Proft lines up the 12 axes and he's going to shoot his arrow like Odysseus through the axes, at the target let me give you a let me please give you a public service announcement because this is my first one and dan you can criticize you can critique it if you want and so can you jeff the here's the news the chicago way is making its way to the north shore i'll be in evanston on september 18th from 4 to 7 p.m at canal shores for a live event hosted by nutrier neighbors and wire points Matt Rosenberg, formerly of JohnCastNews.com and now of WirePoints, and I will give some lively commentary and perhaps share some fun Chicago stories based on our 75-plus years of writing. Who wrote this, Becky Feely? While, <laughs> while folks enjoy a barbecue dinner. Tickets are available both at NutrierNeighbors.org or WirePoints.org. 
Space is limited. So get your tickets today. We hope to see you there. September 18th. Coming up soon. Let's hang out together. Guys, that's my uh, public the shameless plug. All right. Yeah. Are you responsible that? for 70 of the 75 years you and Matt wrote? <laughs> I, I have to say, our dear friend, uh, I, I said, write me something. I'll read it. And she wrote something. But I guess technically, I guess it's correct because I think it's more like uh, 150 years. All right. It seems that long. Right. Well, part of it is living in this media world that we live in in Chicago. And uh, the Chicago Tribune and I think uh, NBC5, or who started this this uh, flesh-eating harpy attack on you, Dan? Who started this in the media? Uh, it was, uh, I mean, to the best of my knowledge, the first contact I got was from Natasha Karecki, who uh, used to be at the Herald, and she was at the, the Daily Herald, which is yes. another, right. another birdcage liner. And then it then oh. then I don't know the AFL CIO NPR Times and then Politico and now she's at NBC uh, National, so uh, she reached out uh, with this, this accusation and I responded uh, and then I basically cut and paste that response and started responding to everybody because it, of course what is the what does the press corps do they play follow the leader and the Tribune also <laughs> actually, did it and the Sun Times. Well, Oh, of course. Well, of course they did. Of course. Right. And some, even some uh, news stations that w- refuse to run the ad, but uh, won't refuse to uh, knock you down if they can on a, on a, on a news story. You know, what's interesting is um, we had some problems with WLS, ABC seven and WGN running the ad. And then, shh. <laughs> Uh, but we were we were up on the other stations. We're also up on all sorts of digital platforms, including uh, YouTube. Although they have like a warning for you know people's delicate sensibilities and so forth. Um, and then, uh, but but on, on Hulu, well, Hulu is owned by Disney, which owns ABC. And so once Hulu ran it, WLS uh, or ABC, I should say, lost the argument they were making at the corporate level. And so now WLS is going to run it. Because the the whores over there want their money, so you know, the local whores I'm talking about, not the national whores. Madam, we've established what you are now. We're just dickering over the price, right? <laughs> exactly right. And so, so, so we're going to be back up. We're going to be up on ABC after we get all this high minded pablum from their corporate counsel in New Jersey about oh, it's uh, too violent and this and that. Same thing. WGN is saying it's too violent. I said we said to WGN. It's your footage. footage You ran on your news programs, on your your nightly news. What are you talking about? But this was just them flacking and pushing back, uh, flacking for uh, people they like and pushing back against people they don't like. But ultimately, um, no, we're going to be up. We'll see what WGN ultimately wants to do, but we're up everywhere else. But but here's the the, uh, other point in addition to the Horus nature. Um, The... Not, not a single person who provided any pushback said anything about, you know, the coloration or anything like that. The only issue was the violence and then being skittish about, you know, violence being portrayed in a political ad in that way. And that, and, and that was just two of the stations and okay. one has now relented on that argument. So it's just interesting to know too. And, and, you know, these ads with the money that I'm spending and with the, uh, the, you know, with how hypersensitive they are to the 
the established political order in the city and the state, these ads go right to the top. They're going to GM. They're going when they're network affiliates, they're going to their corporate legal department uh, at the national level. So it's just interesting to note that nobody picked up on this thing that Lori Lightfoot invented because it's invented by Lori Lightfoot. But it's here's and what Pritzker and Pritzker. I don't want to leave him out because well, I think he the whole thing is too. Pritzker. OK, it's Pritzker. It's Lori singing for her supper and for Pritzker's support. Yeah. And and what who's not on the stage is Kim Fox. But it's Kim Fox, state's attorney of Cook County and her patron, Tony Preckwinkle, endorsed by the Chicago Tribune, who um, who benefits from the politics of uh this uh, uh, what we call this safety act, which is and so, and, and so does Pritzker. I mean, why why did yes. Pritzker endorse Kim Fox when she ran for election? I exactly. Mean, so it, he's it, responsible. They are responsible, right. and still they don't want to deal with it. So they call you a racist. But this is nothing new in Chicago media, particularly as you mentioned at the outset that it is basically controlled by the left and. Let's be honest, uh, Jeff and uh, Dan, the Chicago media has basically hated you for years. Why is that? Because I'm a conservative and I'm unapologetic about it. And if and and, you know, and I, you know, they, they they're used to Republicans or conservatives who cower because they they want to be friends. They want to have a good relationship. They want to get good ink. And I never cared about any of that. And I never and I always understood them to be adversaries, not not fair arbiters, not, you know, dispassionate scriveners of what's happening. They were never that. <laughs> they were never that. So I knew I was never going to get a fair shake. And so I'm happy to throw haymakers where other people just sit back and take a pounding and then submit when they're told to submit. And so I think I think that's why. And so the, thus, this, this comes the name calling and so forth. But he, here's the thing, the good news about this, because I'm really not complaining about it. I appreciate what Lightfoot and Pritzker did this <laughs> week because all they did, because this is what I really care about, you, the, the name calling, you think that bothers me? I love it. The, the, uh, what they did, though, more importantly, is they g- helped this issue break through to the general public. You can talk about the coloration all you want, and that's what the, the left Twitterverse wants to talk about. But what it's really doing is saying to people is getting people to say, wait, wh- what is the safety act? What, wait, what, is, what is Bob Berlin? What is Jim? What are Jim? What's Jim Glasgow? What are they saying? What's, what's going to happen on January 1st? And that's the conversation that we need to have because that's a substantive conversation that directly relates to people's quality of life in Illinois. So, you know, they think they're doing themselves a favor, but what they really did is, yeah, me a favor, but it's not about me. They did the state a favor by focusing attention on something they otherwise don't want to talk about. Yeah, it's. I mean, you're absolutely right. And and the idea, you know, we've talked about this with the the stupid rolling back of uh, the minimum for stealing property from someone else's business. You know, yeah. moving that back to a thousand beyond to to limit the number of arrests being made. I mean, the criminals see this stuff and it's in the people who are putting in place clearly don't see, have no concept of, of cause and results, you know, because we've seen the crime shoot up in Chicago because of it. And we don't think they don't think it's going to happen in the state. 
And you kind of alluded to this earlier, Dan, but the idea that maybe that's the reason they're doing it. I mean, they want that kind of instability. They to reassert uh, or further assert their power, I assume. I mean, that is that kind of what you were alluding to? Well, here's here's the uh, analogy that comes to mind for me. Section eight, when they tore down the uh, human warehouses called public housing projects in the city Mm -hmm. and they distributed people to in, in concentrated ways to suburban communities, particularly the South suburban uh, area, but not limited to that. And what they really were doing is saying, we want to make our problems, your problems, because then we blur the lines of distinction. Um, and we also socialize if you, literally and figuratively these problems that we have in the city. So it's not the city versus the suburbs. It's the region. And, and that's what, that's what Daly always wanted Chicago to be. That's why he started that mayor's program. He wants, he wants Chicago to control the region. He wants the region folded into Chicago. He doesn't want the suburbs or, and they never did. He didn't, that they never did. They don't want the suburbs versus the city. They want the entire region to be their playground. And one way to do that is to make sure these problems are distributed. And again, this is, they want to make it a race issue. It's not a race issue. If you go back and look at news coverage, actually, in the in the 60s and early 70s, even when they were uh, and then and certainly later on um, in the 80s, when it really started to pick up in pace, when they were uh, redistributing Section 8 residents to the suburbs, you had like middle income black families in neighborhoods like Roseland saying no. No, no, no. We do not want that because these are people they they had put down a stake. They had built a life for themselves. They had built a, a community. People, people have no idea. Roseland. I mean, Roseland used to be represented by a Republican state senator. I mean, not yeah. that long ago, 30, 40, 35 years ago. Uh, maybe it's 40 years now. A.R. Swanson I was friends with his I'm friends with his son. Um, a white Republican represented Roseland, even when it was becoming a majority black neighborhood community, because it wasn't about race. It was about shared values. And I see them doing the same thing with crime, violent crime. And this is the statewide play that they did with uh, Section 8 housing when they made the city's problems through terrible public policy, Section 8 and those public housing projects being terrible public policy. Uh, they've done the same thing. They're doing the same thing with crime. They want to make the culture in Chicago and Cook County the culture in the region. <laughs> We're I mean, speaking it, with it, Dan Proft, conservative talk show host, WIND AM 560, host of The Morning Answer with Amy Jacobson, and uh, president or grand poobah of people who pay by the rules, play by the rules pack. That is my that, official title, by the way, Grand, Grand Puba. Puba. <laughs> no. Yes, but it's but apparently they're calling you a like you your cast is some sort of evil, malevolent presence, yeah, right? Man, well, I know, I know because I'm not on board, and I'm you know out and proud about not being on board, and I'm, I mean, and you know this, John, because you're, you're the same way. I'm willing to call out bad actors, and there are many in the Republican Party and have for decades, just as you have. Right. And so because I, I don't I, I want this state just to just just try something just just for one election cycle. Try something that has never been tried in my lifetime. Try common sense, 
conservative reform policies. Try devolving government away from the city and the state just for a couple of years. Give us a couple of years and empowering uh, local units of government, but even more to the point, families and individuals in this state. Try reducing the ever presence, the omnipresence of government in the lives of Illinoisans yeah. and the associated price tag just for two years. Just give it a try and see if you like it, because we've tried your thing for a, a half century in the state and and a century in the city. And, and I think it's not going great. And I think that's why 70 percent of Illinoisans think the state's on the wrong track. So give it a shot. And and I don't care who's standing in the way of that, whether it's these race hustlers like Lightfoot and Pritzker uh, and their Democrat socialist friends or it's surrender Republicans like Jim Durkin and his cast of characters. Uh, I, I don't care who it is. Anybody who is an impediment to that is an impediment to a better life, a better quality of life in Illinois. Well, they are impeding and they are standing in the way of that, of their arms, their arms folded, standing athwart the, uh, the, the path to freedom. And they're doing that with the fear and intimidation factor of being called, of people being called racists for daring to think about the, uh, safety act and the implications of the safety act and the, policy implications of the governor and what what he's done and not done and what the mayor has done and not done and what all of them have not done and so they'd rather you think about they'd rather have people flinch flinch you know the way a face flinches the person flinches thinking they're going to get slapped in the mouth yeah because that is the worst thing that could happen to the to you, I, somebody I, could call you a rate. Oh, you're a racist for listening to Cass or and Dan Proft and, and Jeff Carlin. How dare you? I think that I think that's starting to break, though. I yes. mean, I, I just I, I, they don't want you to remember what happened in the summer of 2020 or what's happening in real time. They don't want you to think about it. But you know, when you have people that are on the sidelines, forced, feel compelled to get into the games, like I think about the letter that. Um, David Lampert, who runs uh, uh, Lester Lampert Jewelers, which is a hundred year business in Chicago, where he wrote in the summer of 2020, an open letter to Lightfoot basically saying, look, you're losing control of the city and, and you have got to restore law and order after the city was sacked a second time. Yeah. Or, oh, Joe Perillo speaking out after, after, uh, you know, thugs came in and robbed his uh, high end dealership in the Gold Coast. You know, what, there, there are those moments and the reason those got attention, those moments got attention uh, is because you had business owners that are not properly not perceived as political, just saying things that everybody is thinking and a lot are unwilling to say because they fear exactly what you said, John. But I think I think that fear is subsiding. I, I, I'm, I, I think that more and more people are understanding that uh, these politicians in the city and at the state level are really paper tigers. <laughs> uh, you're right. I mean, you, it, it's. It's the business thing. You kind of hit it in the head there. It's, you know, Lightfoot went after Perillo heavy after that. Oh, man. I mean, she was she was tearing him apart for, for voicing concerns and going around and being on media stuff. I mean, the, the fact that the, the, the leaders of the city are, are 
chastising the business owners. And then, of course, also chastising the community groups for like, hey, we need to hire security for our neighborhood because, you know, we don't feel safe. And the business owners, we need to, you know, she, she says that it's insane. But then what was her retort to Perillo? Hire some more better security guards. Well, wait a minute. Which is it? The, the businesses can protect themselves, but the citizens shouldn't or the citizens. You know, she's so all over the place in everything she does that she talks out of both sides of her mouth almost all the time. And then she comes out with this stuff where she just tries to rile people up for, for negative reasons. I mean, the crap about uh, Trump, you know, at the beginning, a few to the president in public and the, the Clarence Thomas stuff a few months ago, you know, was it Lala or whatever that was. I mean, she doesn't do anything to actually lead or better the city but she has a bag, never-ending bag of insults and half-brained uh, ideas that she can throw out to kind of, you know, as John would say, push the sheep closer to the trough or the the shoot rather. It's I, I don't know, you know, Dan. What do we do in this? You know, who do we look to in this race to to running against her to to counter that? Well, I don't know. I I I don't know if the field is fully formed yet. I mean, the only. I, I mean, I appreciate some of the things that Ray Flores has said, the alderman from Little Village, um, and and taking her on. Because here, here's the thing about life. Lopez. She's a coward. She's a coward. Right, Ray Lopez, excuse me. Um, it, but she, she is a coward. What you're describing is what how a coward behaves. Running around, telling you all the time how tough she is, and not having the courage to stand up to any institutional power. Not having the courage to tell... Uh, constituencies of hers, difficult truths, not even the courage to align with people who have got to do a job for the residents, whether she particularly likes the institution or not, talking about police, for example. She's a coward at the end of the day. She didn't stand up to teach. So so was Tiny Dancer. So was, so was Richie Daly. It's the oh. same profile. Tough talk, and then they fold to the teachers union. Tough talk, and then they fall to the racial politics of the city. So tough talk, uh, tough talk. And yes, Rich Daly, what do you think of Hanhart, your for, the former chief of yes, detectives? And yeah, he, shut, right. he shuts up, goes into a fetal position, and starts whimpering because he yeah. can't even handle that. Well, That's the point about all these people. They act like they're tough, and they're not tough. Yeah, and they're not and, really tough. And this is and this is my point about like try Lightfoot, some yeah. yeah try something. Different. This is not about race. Daily, Tiny Dancer, Lori Lightfoot. It's the same scam that's being run. And so in terms of this race, to your question, Jeff, I mean, the only despite what what Ray Lopez has said, I mean, I just don't think he's ready for, you know, this sort of undertaking. Um, And I don't know how he puts together the resources and campaign required. So I, I would say that Ballas presents an opportunity uh here's where maybe john and i disagree a bit but he's just such a undisciplined candidate and uh, mm-hmm. you know and he has been measured and found wanting multiple times in multiple campaigns for multiple different offices over the last decade and he he's got to get a lot better otherwise uh, i could see Right now, I could see a runoff that doesn't include Paul Vallis, and that probably means a re-election for Lori Lightfoot. And uh, I have to stand up for my man because I think that the only way Chicago is saved is uh, through management, good management. And I don't think they're, I don't think the other candidates 
demonstrate that that they I have agree with shots. I mean I I agree with that I I agree with yes he is he is substance but 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 you 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 know you have to be a good I mean uh, I'm had yeah. this conversation many times you but you have to sure. be the candidate side too to get to the management side I want somebody to go up to her and basically just stand there and say take a swing and then swing back because that's what this is when you, this is like the 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 mayoral campaign in Chicago, the race for mayor, is not a four rounder. It's not an amateur bout. It is the main event. You stand there, toe to toe, and start swinging, and let's see who stands at the end of it. I, I don't know I know how else you win. The fact is that she does have elements. With the the media is woke which is why I happily left. But uh, they still have enough woke media as it dies to protect the woke point of view. Well, it's a problem. It's a problem, but it's actually less of a problem. I mean, the the relevance of the Tribune and the AFL-CIO Times and the network affiliate newscasts wanes by the day. Yeah. And you can, and, and if you have the resources, you run your own media um, yeah, all the communication channels. So it's a resource issue. I don't. I that's why I, I don't really pay much attention to the press corps um, and to, to provide zero quarter. I I don't really care what they do or say. Honestly, um, I just it's just you know good fodder to explain the landscape and why it is this way. But I, I um uh so so that to me is less of an issue what the Chicago press corps does. And more of an issue is that the other piece of what you said, John, which is the street fight and being a, a content producer and driving a message and being unrelenting, um, that, that, that's what you need in order to, to break through. And, you all, and, and, and something that Lori Lightfoot won't do that somebody's got to do is tell some hard truths to people rather than beautiful lies. And, that, and whether that generates the protests or the ire of uh, unhinged the unhinged pockets of socialists around the city. So what? So what hard truths? That, that's that's the the you know that's the price to pay. What what hard truths? Hard truths about about law and order. Hard truths about the city's finances. I mean the same thing at the state level, but just talking about the city. Yeah. Uh, you know, hard truths about the business climate that's created and where the city is going. If you don't address those other areas where hard truths are required in terms of city finances and, and, and uh, public safety. I, I just think, and, and you need to, instead of playing racial politics, you need to call out people who are playing racial politics. As, and, uh, as LaShawn Ford did in your, as LaShawn Ford did. Right. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and to yeah. your point too, about the, the media, the idea of legacy media. I mean, we, we just, as we taped this, this oh, past right. week, this is the, one of the first times that Nielsen says that streaming media, you know, selectively chosen media is uh, outviewed bread terrestrial or any other type of, of broadcast media we, we've seen. And so we not that this, this is any big surprise, but the table is officially tipped towards that and away from them. So you, you do get more impact, I think, and bang for your buck when you're you know, narrow casting in a sense uh, like streaming allows you to do. But it also allows you to get messages out there that aren't getting 
tamped down or denied, like we were talking about earlier, by these local you know, groups who are who are see it as you know what it's what they're calling it the dog whistles. You know, the, the, they want it to be one way. But um, I know we we've taken a lot of your time here, Dan. But be- before we do let you go, I always love to check in and see how you are uh, in, in, as as a person. How's uh, if you're not when you're not in spin class or smoking a cigar or <laughs> shooting golf? What's uh, what's Dan Proft up to these days? <laughs> well, he's not writing the uh, soccer column that I asked him to write. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I've fallen down on the job in terms of oh being a content God. producer Terrible. myself. I'm. I've got a little sidetracked with all the content I'm producing for this campaign. <laughs> um, uh, but no, I mean, you know, starting the pack this year is, mm-hmm. and it's really just since March. It's been a big undertaking. Um, I'm fortunate to have a financial backer who's provided the resources for the pack to have an impact. And we hope to have an impact beyond this governor's race and into next year's uh, local races and not just in Illinois school board races around the country in particular. So, um, you know, it's it, between the, the radio show and this, um, this new project uh, it gives me just enough time to do my Pilates and play golf <laughs> and, uh, and then, and play with my dog and, and that's 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 about it. Then I I sleep for four hours and I get up and do it again. You're dedicated, There's no 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 doubt about it. Yeah, what's the old Rodney Dangerfield line? I'm committed or should be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Prof, thanks for being here on the Chicago Way podcast. Thanks, buddy. John thanks, and Dan. Jeff, always a pleasure. Thank you, guys. See you, See you later. Have a good golf game. Okay. <laughs> thanks, Dan. Take care. And folks, just wait till Memorial Day and our summer. It will be the summer of joy in Chicago. For Dan Proft, host of The Morning Answer on AM560 WIND, and also the leader of the People Who Play by the Rules Pack that Lori Lightfoot apparently hates as she whistles on her dog whistle and idiotically calls attention to her weakness falling into his trap. And for Jeff Carlin, executive producer, WGN Radio, master of pies, lover of cats, former or future physics teacher. (laughs) And for me, John Cass, husband, father, editor-in-chief of johncastnews.com and remember look up wirepoints.org or newtriernneighbors.org get your tickets I'd love to see you September 18th in Evanston I hope I don't get a nosebleed going that far north (laughs) thanks for joining us on another edition of the Chicago Way podcast on WGN Plus